Well, let's get on with this. I'm so glad to have Andrew with us um, this morning. So, Andrew, uh, for those that maybe don't know who you are, uh, why don't you really briefly introduce yourself? I'm, I'm Andrew. I am husband Delilah and have three kids, Tamar, Carmel and Peter. And we've been coming here for about three or four years now. We've been asking this question uh, to many people. Some uh, we've asked it on camera, others that we've been asking it off camera, just to see how they're getting on over this period. And so the question we've been asking is a really simple question. It's really open, answer it as uh, honestly or as vulnerably as you're willing to. But um, first of all, just like if it, what, is, what has been the most challenging aspect? What has been the most difficult part of this uh, last number of months? All of it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, lockdown for me, I, it feels like it started early. Um, I, I was working in Edinburgh at the time and I think it was about a week before like, everything started the lockdown properly, you could kind of tell where it was going. Um, I woke up one morning, was feeling really sick, um, kind of just didn't, didn't want to end up being stuck in Edinburgh and uh, got my flight changed, came back home um, and so I was like, end of February whatever it was I've been I've been at home since then um, but I've been working the whole way through it so as far as the most difficult thing although I should be grateful for, mm -hmm. for yeah. being able to work and I know a lot of people um, are in different situations but mm -hmm. um, I've definitely found that not being on furlough not getting not getting a summer holiday mm -hmm. even yeah, yeah. Um, has meant that um, just having the energy to keep going has been really hard it's been um, I, I feel like I was tired in February yeah. uh, when I came home and I, you know, <laughs> it's just been the same ever since. Yeah, yeah so I was, in a, I was in a conversation today with, uh, with various church leaders and that was one of the things so many of them were saying. They're just, they've been so used to over the last number of years having two or three weeks off mm -hmm. in July or August, almost like to, to recenter, to restart. And not having that, yeah. that it's almost like they're feeling the effect of that now as they go back to start again in September, and so yeah. And we lost out in Easter and May Day uh -huh. as well, yeah. and you know, and all, all our like breaks and things. So I know everyone was at home, but mm -hmm. um, but my work didn't slow down, mm -hmm. and and I think the people I was working with, although I I've worked at home off and on over, over the years, um, some of the people I was working with this was their first time working from home, okay. and so. Working with people who were new to that was also a challenge because well I had kind of I've got a, I've got an office space I can I can go and close the door mm -hmm. and be isolated from the family and work away, um and to kind of kind of try to try to have that good work life balance, yeah. um other people you know would be fitting their work in here and there and you'd be getting phone calls and text messages late on in the evening or at night you know yeah. because that's when other people were fitting their work in and. And because this was new and it was new to the company, you know, people didn't have, people didn't really have the etiquette at the mm -hmm. start, you know, how to do it. So it just meant you were constantly being bombarded. So it just felt like that, that work was continual. And that was, that was honestly the most challenging yeah. thing. Even though I was really grateful to have the work, yeah. um, it was difficult. Yeah. For me, just like, I don't, I know we're, we're just like, I haven't, we haven't prepped or anything, but just that, that, that work-life balance. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's anything more you can say around that, because I, like, I just think we're, we haven't been great at that in general. Yeah. Um, like, is there anything, and maybe, and maybe we'll pick up, maybe pick it up again later, but just by, just while you've mentioned that, is there anything you feel like you've been learning or like would be really helpful 
for people listening about how we can better, because I think that is going to be really important, how we better uh, like work this out. Well, that'd be like, the, the, the chief of hypocrites about work-life balance. <laughs> like, I know, I know a lot of the theory, sure. <laughs> you should do, mm-hmm. um, but putting it into practice is always difficult. Yeah. I kind of have like a, like a, a vision in my head or a goal, mm-hmm. like an aspirational day, and I, I, it's, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's good or not because it's, it's like you know, this is my plan, not necessarily God's plan. Um, it's you know, I don't know where that old saying came from. It was like man plans, God laughs. Um, but you know, I kind of feel like that. I'll have a, I'll have a plan. It's like I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna have have some quiet time. I'll have my breakfast. I'll go to work, and I'll do that, and then you know, just something happens and you know it's it's half 11 before you know it and yeah. and you're just getting your breakfast yeah. then yeah. <laughs> and um, and that happens to me an awful lot but i've tried what i've tried to do uh, and like i said aspire to do is mm-hmm. you know try to have that um you know a bit of a buffer before i start work so i'm not just right. rolling out of bed mm-hmm. uh, and you know eating something uh, like as i'm walking out to the office um but actually have some time to to kind of collect my thoughts and you know even if it's not reading it wrong or even mm-hmm. it's just kind of like centering myself and um, if i can do that then i'll have a, i know i'll have a better day mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's not that it's it's i went to bed too late the night before i've got up i've rushed out i'm straight into a meeting or catching up with something maybe i didn't get finished the day before and and then the, the day just goes on so what what i've been doing like the last month yeah the last month or so um, now that the gyms are open again, it's like forcing a schedule back into my life has been really good because we've all kind of missed that for a while. Yeah. Even with work, you know, working home, it's not as rigid. Like you're not having that like commute to the walk yeah. to the office or the walk sure. to the train or anything like that. So, yeah. so uh, I, you know, I tried, I tried for a while to get it like a, um, to force myself to have a half hour walk before and after work, like uh, like a pretend commute. Um, and listen to some podcasts or something, yeah, just trying to f- feel normal. It didn't work. It didn't work for me. It was just it was too easy to set that aside. Yeah. Um, but for the last month, getting back to the gym and having like you know having a, a, a time I have to go for mm-hmm. as well has has kind of meant that I've had to build things around that. And now now that the schools are starting back as well, there's like you know times there. So um, for somebody who who I feel like in, when I was a kid, I kind of railed against you know scheduling and stuff, yeah. and, and I feel like. Yeah. I really need it. Yeah. I need it to kind of put, keep me on the rails, and yeah, there's obviously freedom within that, but it's um, it's definitely it's definitely helping because, um, in in like in terms of that work life balance, like when you're working from home, you have to be able to have a division between, mm-hmm. you know, home life and work life, and work life and home life, um, and you need to be. It's not just a physical space. Like people say, oh, go into a room, close the door, make mm-hmm. that your office. Yeah, yeah. all that's true. Yeah. But you have to have that mental separation as well. Sure. Um, and that's that's I think one of the biggest challenges because like how often do we you know finish work at the end of the day and then you're still thinking about something that happened or something you didn't do or something yeah. you need to do tomorrow, yeah. and you spend like you know the next hour um, or two or three you know the rest of the evening maybe thinking about it and you've kind of wasted your evening. Um, I saw a video on YouTube this week about a guy who he, he's a freelancer, and he's been uh, suggesting that um, you know we need to kind of change our our, our work week setup. Mm-hmm. So instead of having a two day weekend, mm-hmm. he says that statistically it's better to have a, a Wednesday off. So you okay. work two days, have your Wednesday off, okay. work two days, 
I work three days. Yeah. So you work the Saturday and mm -hmm. take the Sunday off. And uh, and that means that you're not as drained, you're getting a recharge. And so your your Sunday actually feels like a day of rest and not just a, oh no, work starts again tomorrow. Uh, and it's like, you know, that, that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. I love that buffer language you're using, like when it comes to this idea, again, of the work-life balance. Mm. And even you're talking about, that's going to be different for everybody, but like that's 30 minutes at the start of the day and that's 30 minutes at the end going for a walk. Maybe that's what helps avoid bringing your work. I think it, does. I think it does, yeah. That buffer, I think that's really important. That idea of being able to create a margin, I think that's really been challenged by mm -hmm. like being able to create those margins because stuff's always going to fill, fill your day up. Yeah. But there's bound to be a way of us creating those margins or those buffers. And there's probably really smart people have done studies and stuff in this. Mm -hmm. But for the rest of us, you just never thought about mm -hmm. it. You know, you got in your car and you drove home after work, but you never realised yeah. that, that that commute up the M1 was actually helping yeah. you, you know, yeah. as frustrating as it yeah. might be, you know, it was yeah. helping you switch off. So that, yeah, ha having to do that. So with with the last month now, with kind of the change with, with the, being able to get out to the gym or even being able to go out for a coffee in the morning, mm -hmm. Um, just doing something yeah. has made it feel more like a normal work week. Yeah. Um, so that's been that's been really good. Good. So all of it's been difficult. Is there anything that's been good? It's, so it's, positive, like what's been, yeah, what's it's been, been, been good. It's been nice being at home. Yeah. It's been nice being at home with with the family. Um, you know, being able to you know have lunch together. Uh, again, like not saying like we're like this perfect family to all eat lunch together every day because. Sometimes my schedule doesn't allow for it, or, yeah. or you know, I come into the house like I did yesterday, um, to, to have lunch with everybody, and they've all gone, and and like there's no food anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was pretty sure there were a couple of sausage rolls left whenever I went out to work that morning, but the kids had <laughs> devoured them. Very familiar with the type of uh -huh. like I could, I'm sure I could have rustled something up, but. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's been it's been really good. It's been really good being being at home more. There's been. There's little like little memories we're gonna have, you know, of, of throughout lockdown of, yeah. of fun things or things that maybe went wrong or, yeah. you know, but that, that you made the best of or um, like little little day trips or yeah. activities Brilliant. and things. So that's been really nice. Brilliant. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, so I think we've already touched on it a wee bit, like just as uh, just we've been chatting, like learning, like what is it that like there has been those aha moments or those light bulb moments we feel like they've. Like the Lord has been teaching you something, um, and again, as I keep saying, like I don't think any of us have learned. I I know that I haven't. There's stuff that the Lord has been challenging me with, that I know that I'm on this process of learning. Mm -hmm. um, so, is there anything that, that you've picked up, or anything that you've personally been learning throughout this period of time? Well, when I was thinking about this, um, when you asked me to, and. When you asked me to, to, to talk to you about this, mm -hmm. um, I was kind of thinking, like, has, has God been talking to me about anything? And I, I, I did wonder for a while, you know, have I learned anything? Mm -hmm. um, which I think is a silly question too, because you're always learning stuff, um, whether you realise it or not. Yeah. But I think I was, I was kind of like, was like well, is there something profound that I can say? Um, oh, and so the first thing that came to mind was that, you know, because because it has been a difficult six months or whatever, things are still very raw. So that's mm. that's one thing. So it's it's I think it's really hard to to, to say how I feel or, or, yeah. or what I've learned because I don't know if I've processed it all yet. Sure. But one one thing it has um, 
it's kind of stuck with me since fairly early March, um, the life of Joseph. And I know I talked about this at the men's meeting early on. Um, and it's a really strange thing to kind of, and I know every kind of at some point has like a Bible character and they can still be relate to them and, and they're getting these revelations from them. But what I found with Joseph was, um, there, there were a bunch of things there like in his early life where he's, he's interpreting dreams, uh, his dreams. Mm -hmm. Uh, or no, he's not actually interpreting dreams, he's getting dreams, he doesn't interpret them, he tells his brothers, and they want to throw him in a pit and sell him. And I, I'm thinking, you know, Joseph, you know, Joseph, Joseph didn't have any tact, really, did he? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if that's, a, that's an accurate interpretation, but that's how I read it, is that, because as he goes, goes older, and, and he, he, um, he's interpreting other people's dreams, and he's talking about God, and God interpreting them for them, those original dreams, were he didn't interpret them, that was like, it was revealed later in life what that actually meant, but when he was young, he didn't, and he just kind of blurted it out, and it, um, and that that was something that I found really interesting because um, yeah, I think I think it was, you know, he was um, because when he started working for Pharaoh, um, I think he was he was around thirty, um, and he'd been you know he'd been in Egypt and stuff for for a good while at that point, so so he was he was young and had, had no tact, and, <laughs> and his brother and his his father all kind of were looking at him a bit strange, mm -hmm. and and it doesn't mean that that we can we can have you know. You know, God can tell us things when we shouldn't we shouldn't share them, yeah. you know, because you know, people are gonna think we're weird. Um, but I think yeah, having the tact to understand what God is saying, that that's something that that was something that jumped out at me there mm -hmm. from what Joseph was like, it's not just taking something at face value, you're not taking it literally, not you know, taking it out of context. It's actually you know getting information from God and then understanding it before mm -hmm. you share it. So that's actually yeah. the key the key thing. Right. And then then as as Joseph goes on through life, um they um just just seeing like how he he handles people and you know the you know the relationship he has with with his employer with pharaoh um, and then even when his brothers come you know later on and they're, they're coming looking for food um there were bits in it where when i you know i'd read it before i kind of thought like why did joseph do that why did he put the money in the back the sacks you know that was a really strange thing is he trying to get them in trouble and I think what what it was is that he he had sent them back home, but he knew that you know that that this was a costly journey and they were starving, and he was going to make them come back again. So he gives them their money back, like even though he was kind of like he was he wasn't necessarily tricking them; he was testing them. But even that, that he was he was helping them. Mm -hmm. So and I, I really like that, you know, that he wasn't just. Because he he perfectly entitled to to be you know vengeful and mm -hmm. and angry and throw them in jail and get his revenge on them, um. But he but he didn't. He you know he he, he kind of he, he played it smart. He played it tactful. But he also like he also took care of them without them realizing. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I just I just find oh, Joseph's yeah. life really really interesting. Brilliant. I think just actually just like how you started that, Andrew. I think, uh, I think it'd be really freeing for some people. Uh, it's just quite freeing for me to hear it like that because many of us are there are still processing some stuff, mm -hmm. like haven't fully processed. I think that's freeing because sometimes we can get, we can listen to these podcasts and we can see what's going on in other churches and see what people are putting up maybe on their feed, social media feeds and all, and like almost feel guilt or feel shame that we still haven't process some of the pain and some of the loss yeah and actually it's freeing just to hear 
actually that's where I'm at. Like there is some stuff that he's that I'm learning, but actually I'm still processing a lot of stuff too. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate I appreciate you saying that. Um it's just a, the bigger picture I suppose is like in your reflection and your thinking, is there anything that you feel that the church needs to learn or is like that the Lord is teaching the church or want the church to learn throughout uh, this time? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's, that's like above my pay grade to answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there's was, there was actually something else with Joseph. Um, it was about the, um, the, you know, the being prepared like that. Um, the, the seven years of plenty and then the seven years of famine and how um, you know Joseph was prepared um, and he got he got everyone else prepared mm -hmm. um, and I, I definitely feel like um, we in some ways we weren't prepared um, I think like emotionally we weren't prepared for for this um, but um, but in terms of like capability and stuff mm -hmm. like we we were able to hit the ground running we were able to get you know get video out to people and uh, I'm really thankful for you know being able to do that being able to help out in that way um, and I think it also helped like you know keep my mind off other things it was a you know it was, it was a distraction yeah. um, so that was good yeah. but um, yeah I think like the, the the church in general I think we we, um, we maybe weren't as prepared as we could have been um, and I think, and I think actually that applies like to work as well. Um, you know, like we have all these capabilities. You know, um, you know, video calls and, and, and streaming and webinars and, and um, games that people can play online. So for people who who do a lot of stuff in the online world or, or work in that kind of industry, you were kind of able to step into the new normal really quickly. Whereas to other people, it was a it was a total shock. Yeah. So you know, I know like me and and, and others. Be able to help other people along, um, but both work and, and church and, and even family life. Like we, like some of this technology has been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's it's not a new thing, so we could have been prepared. And it, and it does make me wonder about you know, the nature of of the church and like the the confines of the building. You know, um, and whether whether there there's there's something in in like um in what we've learned from like you know connecting with people i i think i think we're definitely just having church online you're losing something else but i think also yeah. just having church in the physical space yeah. actually realizing you're probably losing something else there too mm -hmm. i don't know what it, i don't know what yeah. it is yeah but even that i think that preparedness language is is really helpful mm -hmm. um because I, I suppose as we as we're making plans to, to come back to meet physically, like that is required uh, a level of preparation that we've never had to do before. Mm -hmm. And uh, but even but bigger than that, like so much so much bigger than that is the idea of I still think there's going to be months down the line that we're going to see the implications from unemployment or from I don't know I don't know yeah so that yeah and it's challenging because almost like. I feel like we need to be prepared like we still are for what's coming what, what still is going to come we're actually in the years of plenty still yeah maybe yeah um, so which I, is a worrying so, thought so, but what do we do like what what do we do in these in these weeks or months to mm. prepare ourselves for the social stuff that's going to possibly come our way yeah. 
through through unemployment and poverty and all of this sort of stuff. And I think that's like okay, that's a massive question. Yeah. One, I don't think you and me are going to no, work out no. to sit here right now. You know what I mean? But but I still think that language is really important. That we continue to hold that. We continue to hold that as mm-hmm. a ch- as a church family really closely. Like, how do we stay really alert? Yeah. Like, stay really prepared. Because you just become so you become so familiar with like the way things have always been that you become really ap- like apathetic almost. Yeah. Yeah. Assume that everything's going to work out, but actually, what would it be like just to live like really alert, really prepared for uh, what's going to come? And that requires it, re- it requires one another, like to work this out together, and it requires incredibly close to the Lord so that we can hear the voice of the Spirit, mm-hmm. what, what it is that He's doing, what it is that how we are on the front foot. Yeah. Uh, whether it's through technology, whether it's whatever way it is that we are. People are on the front foot, and I think that is that is really challenging. Um, super. Um, Andrew has been really helpful. Uh, anything else? Anything else is burning that you want to want to get out? Need to get out as we wrap this conversation up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, it's just while you're thinking, if there's anything comes to mind, uh, I this is the perfect opportunity for me to sit like you have been behind the camera. Like from that's where I like being the beginning of this, <laughs> and uh, and honestly, like I don't know how I don't know how to communicate our gratitude to you for, uh, for what you've done for the sacrifice for what you've, um, for how you've used your gift and to bless our church family and beyond, um, over these last number of months, and so uh, thank you. So uh, I'm so honestly thank you so much. It's been a real gift. It's been a gift to the church and. Uh, so we don't take it for granted, um, and so uh, so take that in front of everybody. Everybody's clapping and cheering. But really, <laughs> oh really dear. Appreciate, appreciate it so much, and and, and for Lyle and the kids too. That like there's that there has been sacrifice, and we uh, we're so grateful for that. So um, so it's been really really appropriate that the last recording that we would uh, have would be uh, with you. So um, thank you so much. Thank you. And if there's nothing, if there's nothing left, I'd love it that uh, you would pray for you would pray for us and pray for for those of us that are watching and engaging with us this morning. Okay. Um, Lord, thank you for for this opportunity. Um, thank you, for, even in the difficult times and in all of our different experiences over over lockdown. Um, that you're, we know that you're in it, that you're teaching us things, and it might take us time to figure out exactly what that is. Um, but I just pray that we would be, be like Joseph, that we would have, um, we we would grow in faith and knowledge of you, mm-hmm. so that we could interpret um, the the things that you're saying, that we could learn from you, and and we can help us to to listen as well. Like that's that's another. It's another thing, you know, we don't always listen. So, yeah, help us to learn, help us to listen uh, and draw us closer to you, Lord. And as we look forward to being back together in church, we pray that um, whatever that looks like, that um, you would give wisdom to the, to the leadership here, that you would you would look after the your church throughout this land and further afield. And, we don't want to be we don't want to be the place where where disease breaks out so um 
help us all to be wise and, uh, and, and guide us in this new season and help us to not just to go back to normal as, as nice and as comfortable as that might feel yes. to just to return to the way things were yeah. um, can I be so bold as to pray that we don't have that no. that we no. uh, that we we listen to you and, and we create a new normal a new normal that is um, closer to you and closer to your will so just be with us Lord we pray in your name Thank you, Andrew. Thanks Thank for the you. Time. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining with us. I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And, uh, and please watch out on the Facebook page, WhatsApp group for um, all the information as we build up to uh, being back together physically in this place next week. Um, bless you all. See you soon.